Hi, I'm Joanna Robinson. Join us every week on the Prestige TV podcast feed as your favorite ringer hosts like Bill Simmons, Van Lathan, Mallory Rubin, Sean Fennessy, Chris Ryan, Julia Littman, and many more cover the latest episodes of your favorite TV obsessions. From boardrooms to throne rooms to courtside and through the mushroom apocalypse, we'll be here throughout the week breaking it all down. Subscribe to the Prestige TV podcast feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cold open question of the week. Kaz. What's up, shoes? Better hug. Adam Cole and MJF or Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? Ah. The most recent iteration of the long-awaited hug. I was about to say, Ke- Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn got some pretty good hugs under their belt. The, the, they got a hug the, oeuvre, yes. Yeah, hug, hug me, hold me tight. That was my favorite. That was my favorite Kevin Owens-Sami hug. But um, I'm going to do this MJF Adam Cole hug like I do my favorite albums and give it some time to marinate. To see, okay, okay. <laughs> to see how, how much this hug means in the long run. <laughs> you mean if it turns out they're not actually friends for life, that will the hug de- depreciate in value? Uh, I would. I mean, listen. There's, there's the the long, great wrestling trope of can they coexist? Mm-hmm. Always depends on the first embrace, right? Like the first time the Rock and Sock connection was like, oh man, they actually really like each other. It was like a genuinely heartwarming thing, right? Yeah. Like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, we know what they do uh, every time they break up and get back together. So unless they, which I don't think they're doing to their credit, um, blow their load and somebody turns on someone in like the next like week or two, <laughs> then it won't be as good of a hug. But if they actually do get some long term, oh, wow, they're actually friends. They're actually respectful. They're actually this, this, that, and the third, then... I'll give it. Uh, it'll be a top tier hug. I think. I think it'll be a four star hug. I don't think it's a five star hug yet, but it's definitely got potential to be a four star, a four and a four and three quarter star hug on the Meltzer rating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, it was a good hug. It was, it was a good, good hug. hug. Yeah, yeah. You got. I mean, I think that um, uh, our guy Miguel who tweets at us a lot. Uh, you know, tweeted me about tweeted us about this after the, the the MJF Adam Cole hug after it happened. It was a, it was it was cinematic, as he points out. Yes. It was important, but you're right. Uh, well, I want to I want to talk about this in a little more depth. Let's just start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mister Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Rose Battle Season One Champion Mike Lawrence. Husky Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. 
I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to You're listening to You're listening to You're listening to You are listening to You are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, my dude. How are you, man? Good, man. Good, man. Good, good. Um, I was going to rank all-time wrestling hugs. <laughs> But it's a little bit more difficult to track down the history of hugs than I expected it to be. A lot of hugs. Um, but some very, very important hugs this year, at least. Yeah. Bailey owned the hug, you know, for so long. It was like, there's a lot of cutters, but there's only there's only one <laughs> RKO. Yeah, that's He's true. He's doing, doing it out there all the time. Um, so, MJF and Adam Cole lost their AEW World Tag Team Championship match against FTR. It was a great match on a great Ooh. episode of Collision. Collision Top was, to bottom. We'll yeah. go down it. Car, uh, more or less match by match. But um, they lost the match. There was a moment after the match where it felt like MJF might revert to his fiendish ways and attack Adam Cole. But it ended up with them hugging, celebrating with each other. There was a a pic someone posted on Twitter of CM Punk peeking his head out from behind the entrance ramp, you know, the curtain at the entrance ramp to like watch it. You know, mm-hmm. this is obviously something everyone's very invested in. This reaction is just off the charts. I've heard, and we've talked about on this show, every possible sort of hot take react, not hot take, but takey reaction to this to this this partnership. And one of the things you hear over and over again is, dude, this is just working too well with him together. You can't if if the plan was to split them up relatively quickly. You can't do it anymore because it's just so much fun to see him. You know, it's it makes sense. We've seen this a million times. Um, how many times have like odd couple tag teams gotten together and they're like, no, we're not going to just you know this isn't a one off. Um, but and then we talked, you know, like who should be the heel if somebody turns or whatever. It, I can't even decide. I can barely even talk about it. I can't put it into words. I do think that the that the logical thing to do, I mean, not logical. I do think that in some ways, like the, the most intuitive thing to do would be to have Adam Cole turn on MJF because it would be more of a surprise. And yet, I mean, MJF's character over and over again, has just been this guy who like his, 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 his base mode is heel, yeah. right? When it comes to a tough decision, he always turns heel. Also, Adam Cole, I think just works better as a baby face. Doesn't he? It depends to me. I don't think I mean, he's, he's a, played heel a lot, but I'm not sure that like heel Adam Cole in AEW right now is going to amount to much. I don't know. I, 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 don't know. I mean, it's not going to be a net positive. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe you keep it together forever. I mean, you probably can't do that. What do yeah, you they don't They don't have to be, you know, tag team forever, but I feel like they can have a on again, respect. off again, mutual respect, buddy, friendship sort of thing going on. Okay, but here's the question. Okay. Is it, is the, is the question, uh, I mean, yes, there may be the, the, you make the case, keep these guys together. The, te- the, the tension's great, the relationship, you know, the interaction, every, the chemistry is amazing. But does the never ending conversation about when there's going to be a heel turn and who's going to turn heel overshadow what they're doing? Does it make it too hard just to stay the course? And are we part of the problem? A little bit. 
I, I would say a little, I think we're a little bit a part of the problem because I, I feel like the last time this worked really well, in my opinion, uh, had to be Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho in, oh, yeah. in WWE for the Universal title and the U.S. title and all that type of stuff because it seemed like something that just was kind of thrown together. And, like, the more it grew, it was like, oh, well, they actually are friends. Oh, well, they're actually not going to turn on each other. And it made for a great moment when it, when it finally happened at the Festival of Friendship, which is one of my favorite all-time Raw segments in, in history. At the Festival of Friendship, yeah. The, yeah, at the Festival of Friendship, a classic moment right there. So um, I'd say this, man. The one thing that really stuck out to me right before the hug was... They, you talk about reverting to your 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 base self. It felt like they both kind of did that in that moment and decided, no, we don't have to do this, right? Like Adam Cole turned his back and he was like, "Dude, do what you got to do," and put his arms up. You know what I mean? Because he's grown to know MJF for so long now that it kind of felt like this was inevitable. And MJF knows himself for so long now that he almost felt like he had to just go and do the whole hit you with the belt thing. And when they didn't do that, then they hugged it out. It made you kind of believe like, okay, they're rolling with this and they're going to have a match. And, um, you know, I, I don't know when the actual championship match is since, since MJF is now the disputed world heavyweight champion. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but it, it makes you think that they're going to, Work this out a little longer because I think Adam Cole makes a very... I don't think we've gotten to see really cocky heel Adam Cole in the AEW yet. You said he works very good as a babyface and the best as a babyface, but in my opinion, I think he's the best as a cocky heel. I think Undisputed Era, when he was a cocky heel uh, with his boys uh, backing him up, was some of his best work. I think even the Ring of Honor, when he was kind of on the come up, was sort of his best work. And I think because of the injuries and the, because of the stop starts of his uh, his run in AEW, we've only got to see him as a baby face. And I think it was kind of what what had to be done. And I think because he, MJF is such a polarizing heel in AEW that it made the most sense for Adam Cole to be the baby face here. But I personally think that, you know, one thing you got to keep in mind is he's always told Roderick Strong, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, you know what I mean? He's, he's trying to, he's trying to assure him that he's not getting played here. Right. So it, I don't think it'll be that much of a surprise anymore if Adam Cole's the one to turn heel. But I do think, um, you know, he's definitely got the opportunity to be a, the guy that we saw in NXT for most of that in the Undisputed Era run, if this whole thing is a ruse to get the world title and eventually be like, you stupid idiot, how yeah. did you, you know what I mean? Well, that's so, the thing. He's obviously got a, he's got a goal, right? He's yes, got he's to yes. get, get, get the title. MJF gave him a, you know, promised him a title shot. But MJF could, I mean, you know, regardless, MJF would be happy to, in a perfect world, to string along this friendship forever, right? I mean, I'm not talking about MJF in particular, but if you're the one with the title, like, keep it going, whatever. Adam Cole has got a destination in mind. He's got to. It's winning the title. It's what every wrestler should, you know, presumably does want to do. Um, so you're right about that. I don't know. There's a couple of little things. You know, you know what it was on Saturday? Go back and watch MJF. After the hug, with the belt in his hand, on the ropes, just basking in the crowd's adulation. Yeah, 
Yeah. I'm re- I'm 100% reading too much in this, reading too much into this, but that to me looked like a man who was who in that moment was thinking, I'm not going to get this for long. You know, <laughs> I'm just going to soak it in because it feels really good and this is not going to be the new status quo. But who knows? Who knows, I don't know, man? man. I I feel like I feel like and this is this is this might be giving way too much props to MJF, even though I think he's an incredible performer. But what people don't realize is in WWE, in the Attitude Era, Stone Cold Steve Austin was the biggest babyface probably in that, in that, during that run. But it started with him being literally the most despicable person on the planet. And for AEW's sake... Because he took the Lord's name in vain, or what? <laughs> I mean, he took the Lord's name in vain. I mean, he's he opened, Brian Pillman almost shot him. He paralyzed the guy. Like he beat the hell out of gold, like Santa Claus, gold does all these terrible things. Mm-hmm. And the thing about MJF is that even though he's getting these babyface reactions, he hasn't necessarily really changed who he is. And that's usually the telltale sign that somebody is starting to really be the the tide that lifts the 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 rising tide lifting all ships. And well, I think the, the close of the match, you know, he pushed Adam Cole out of the way. He tried to save the day for his buddy and ended yeah. up eating the pin because of it. Yeah. You know, I mean that that's a change, right? A the hug bit. instead of the attack post match was a little bit. I mean I remember, you remember when 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 Vince thanked Austin for saving Stephanie McMahon before mm-hmm. Stephanie McMahon turned into this evil person and Austin did the whole don't touch me thing with stuff. You know what I mean? Like there was still moments of, oh man, it's an actual human being underneath all that craziness. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think MJF is at that point right now where it's like, oh man, like he hasn't really changed much. He's still kind of a jerk, but you can see the humanity in him now. And you see how much, obviously the tag titles probably meant a lot to them. But what have I been saying for the past several weeks about this storyline? This it is needs a... Goldberg, I think. Is... <laughs> yes, it still does need Goldberg. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. But it's a storyline about friendship, and MJF has never had a real friend in his life. He never had anybody to play video games with. He never had anybody to do a double clothesline with. He's all these things have been like you almost feel bad for him. It's like oh, he's had to be a jerk because. He's never really known what true friendship is. Mm-hmm. And that is what the real story of MJF and Adam Cole is. It is the story about friendship. Adam Cole is the most, gosh, I mean, so, has he been in the most stables in, in wrestling history? I mean, he's been in all of them. He's the most friendliest wrestler there probably is. And MJF is the complete opposite of that. So it's like, oh, man, I'm actually getting to know what it's like to have people have my back. And I just think, man, there's a way that you keep this story going. You make Adam Cole turn into a, a despicable person and MJF stay the same way, but you have the crowd completely behind MJF. I think no matter what happens, I think unless MJF does something to Burt Baker or something like that, like MJF is still going to be cheered. I think he's still going to be that anti-authority sort of babyface. And gosh, even I've looked in... I, I perused through the AEW comment section uh, on Instagram today about the the real world championship post, and and this isn't like a third party Instagram page. This is AEW's page. Ninety nine percent of the comments are very pro MJF. You know what I mean? So it just it just strikes me as they they know what they're doing. 
And as great as a heel as that guy's been, I think the the health of the company will be even better if he can stay the same way but be a babyface at the okay. same time. And okay, this is the yeah. path to it. By the way, the, the the joke answer to your question is the only person... He, Adam Cole has been in more stables than anybody in wrestling history except for um, Adam Page's horse. So, hey, uh, yo. <laughs> uh, the... So let's talk about it. He's got the title. If you had to get, he has the MJF has the the world title disputed now. I'm I'm not sure how this happens. When when CM Punk comes back and officially calls the world championship into dispute, is there like a lawyer's call? Is this? <laughs> do they have to make some sort of official pronouncement that there is a dispute? You're no longer an undisputed champion. You are no longer the championship is in in abeyance. Remember that. Remember that word. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. He's no longer a uh, uh, undisputed world champion. Or was what? he ever an undisputed world champion? That was probably lots of disputes for many, many months. And you have to have, do they have to litigate the claim? Like, could somebody come back and just be like, like, I hold the NWA, you know, NWA Tuscaloosa world championship. <laughs> and if you trace the lineage, that's the real one that you're claiming right now. I guess that would be more of a Roman Reigns situation. Anyway. so. Forget it. Forget it. If you had to put money on it right now. Uh, would you do you think you're going to see MJF take on Adam Cole or CM Punk at All In? Um, I think we're going to see him take on CM Punk at All In. You think that's the um, money match? I think that's the money match. Yeah, I, now it's the money match because once you bring up a title and spray an X on it and say you're the real world champion and no one is beating you for it, God bless Ricky Starks. I don't think Ricky Starks is going to be the person that takes that title off of CM Punk after one defense. And eventually, there's going to have to be some sort of unification here. Now, I don't know if they go the Raw SmackDown route and it's like, okay, we just have two world champions now. And the real world championship is the one that's defended on collision. And the AEW world championship is defended everywhere else, which I, I wouldn't be mad at that. But it just it just seems to me that a, a title unification is, is, is what you do at a, a stadium show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just kind of makes the most sense to me if I was if I was calling the shots. All that is on August 27th, it's less than a month away. And according to Wikipedia, here's the matches that we have set up. Um, All in London will feature professional wrestling matches that involve different wrestlers from pre-existing <laughs> feuds and storylines. That's what we got. That's it. <laughs> That's all we got. When do we start? When do we start? Damn, that's crazy. All it's right. nuts, man. They've got 80,000 tickets sold, and nobody knows what's going to be on the card. Yeah, they should probably get on that. Well, I mean, maybe it doesn't <laughs> matter. You know, we have a variation of this. Sometimes we talk about WrestleMania. I mean, they always have their tickets sold in advance. And, of you know, course. They, but, they, you know, the Royal Rumble, we, we start the process in January for some of the, for the biggest feuds, but sometimes other ones don't fall into place till much later. But this is... If you don't, if you don't have to sell the card based on the matches, then maybe you just say we're going to tell the best stories possible, and some of those, and some of that, sometimes it's going to mean matches that get decided at the last minute. I, I don't know, but it does seem like you got MJF, you got Adam Cole. I mean, you got all these big names: MJF, CM Punk, uh, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay has been rumored. There was a Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho rumor that popped up this week, mm-hmm. but the both those guys, big names. Um, uh, John Moxley. I mean, uh, there's just so many people. Uh, you can almost just pull names out of a hat and put them together, and it would be a great show. But like, 
you know, we got to build to some of this stuff, but we also got to know what's going to happen. We got to know what we're getting excited about, right? And maybe, and I guess CM Punk pulling the title out of the bag was the beginning, would have been the right time to start the storytelling, right? I mean, it's, I, I can't imagine he's pulling the title out of the bag and that not be a wink or a nod towards all in. So you think we're going to go title, title? I think we're going to go title, title. You know, they got 27 days approximately to build out this show. And it's not like they have a lack of TV time to do it, right? They have like five shows a week. So I'm sure by this week, by the time we get to Dynamite, it's the 200th episode. Um, there's really no more. Uh, there, there's nothing else as far as a a, a roadblock on, on the road to All In. So I would hope that they would start sort of putting these shows together um, uh, to 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 let us know what's going to be on that card, right? And and what's the importance behind it. Um, I can see why they would do an, 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 uh, a title unification match, but at the same time, I don't know, man. Like, I sort of like the idea of two world champions on, on, on a brand. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's the WWE conditioned mindset that I've, I've grown to have about pro wrestling, especially if there's specific people on collision that you're just not going to see on AEW Dynamite, um, you know, and, and we've seen it work in many instances where certain shows have certain champions. However, I don't know, man. It just kind of... Now that I'm thinking about it, now that I'm talking myself through it, it might seem a little too soon to unify the title. I mean, I, 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 dig, the, I dig the straight edge X over the title. I dig the, you know... They were calling him Hollywood Punk Hogan on to, on Twitter after he spray painted the title and and kind of like claimed it in some NWO style mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, I mean, well, this should have been the cold open question of the week. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience—the formula for winning championships—is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you're CM Punk, okay, they, they, they give you a, a championship belt in a bag and a can of spray paint. Do you practice the spray paint backstage? And if so, what are you spraying it on? There's no like, <laughs> maybe is there? Do they? They don't even sell replica title belts in AEW. Are you out there? Are you going out there confident that you use a can of spray paint enough to make this thing work on live television? Uh, there's only so many ways you could mess that up, though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they. You're right. You, you know, you, you don't want to. But if you do, if you go, if the, if you mess up the line, then you don't have an X anymore. You have like a the the, the hieroglyphic. A squiggly. You got a squiggly in there. I mean, <laughs> this is shot- my logo. I guess if the line goes curvy, he could just say he could make it in the Pepsi logo and just be like, "This was my logo on the title belt." <laughs> Yeah, nah, he's got some pretty steady hands. It's, it was pretty, I mean, it was a pretty solid X that he oh, got Oh, it was great, there. man, but I was nervous for him. It was like watching somebody go up to the top rope of a, or the top of a cage or something. I'm like nervous for him in real time, just like watching him try to spray paint that X. He did you know, great. You know, when you, when you spray paint something on a, on a circle, the dimensions are a little easier to catch, right? Like, but this, he got the X over the ovals. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit, you know, you, you got to really... You got to really measure it out completely. So it's not really an X over the other sides of the title plates. It's the X over the yeah. little oval where the AEW is. So there's a little bit more uh, curvature to work with. So uh, I think a combination of steady hands and, um, you know, knowing that it's not going to be a perfect X on a circle yeah, uh, worked out there. But I, I don't know, man. A lot of people felt some type of way about it. What did you think about it? What do you think about CM, CM Punk, Punk claiming to be the re- the real world champion? Um, I think he's on a tear, and I have very few complaints about CM Punk. And I think that uh, I think I thought it was good. I kind of listen. My reaction was that I wondered why he hadn't been doing it before. Although he did bring out the bag on his return, but uh, I don't think it would have worked if he had done it right off the bat. So I thought I thought it was great. I love CM Punk. I mean, I wish they, I mean, All In and the title unification, whether or not it's at All In, I mean, it, it's got to now happen. But I love the idea of CM Punk. I mean, CM Punk is in some ways, you know, AEW's Undertaker. Like, he doesn't need the title. He's just that famous. But the perfect sort of symbol of that title is the is the title, is the disputed title, the title with the X spray painted on it. I think they should just find a way to let him carry that around for two years. You know, I mean, it's like, that's better than, him being the champion that's more it's more practical it's more functional and it and you know i think it 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 leaves a lot of opportunities open for him i do think it's interesting he's challenging or he's 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 defending the disputed title next (laughs) week with ricky the dragon steamboat out there as a special guest referee against ricky starks that'll be a hell of a match um but uh but yeah no I i thought it was good um we gotta keep trucking the rest of the show was really good too started off with the ladder match uh, Andrade versus Buddy Math- Matthews. The end was not really in doubt, but the match itself was great. Banger. I uh-huh. mean, literal banger. They people bodies banging against ladders left and right. There were some spots in that match that looked like terrible decisions, <laughs> but man, it worked out. Um, feels like we're gonna get a we're gonna get a Malachi Black versus Andrade match at All In. I mean, that seems like you can pencil that in. Although you know they've got so many events, who knows? Uh, All right. Uh, Darby Allen over uh, Suzuki. That was really great. Um, and uh, Darby's in it with with uh, Luchasaurus and Christian. I mean, th- yes, sure. That's a g- appropriate use of everybody involved. Um, 
love the Bullet Club Gold Trios match. Vikingo looked incredible, obviously. Um, actually, Action Andretti got a big look in that match. He got the hot tag. He got, you know, a bunch of big spots. He's not quite on Vikingo's level, but I guess he's under contract. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the title match, the tag team title match in the main event was just nuts. I mean, so much cool stuff happened on that show. Low light of the night. Not no enough. Offense. Not enough talk about about the the pull of the trunks, right? Like, uh, yeah, MJF blew it, but like, yeah. there's a lot of trunks there, man. They cheated. They, they cheated they, to win. Did Adam Cole and MJF know that's what? I guess MJF must have known that's what happened. MJF had to know, but I was like, man, they're really not making a big deal about like FTR being the team that cheated. I know. Well, the, the trunk pulling is a signifier of heelishness, yes. Yeah. But also, FTR is an old school tag team. I mean, is there really that much of a difference between a closed fist and a pulled trunk? I mean, it <laughs> should that everybody should be pulling the trunks if you right. got the angle, right? There you go. Yeah, it's almost like uh, it's like setting a screen and holding onto the guy's shorts so he yeah. doesn't really get exactly. away from it. It's like the exactly. ref don't see it. You know where the ref is, then you know yeah. exactly where to. Yeah, it's fine. Of course. No, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. Because that should set the stage for a rematch or for some sort of... I mean, maybe they will. Maybe they will. But they the the, the drama afterwards sort of overshadowed everything that came before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that match was great. Uh, we go, before, before we continue, I mean, I, we, we spoke about before we t- uh, turned on the microphones just how good of a show Collision was this week and how good it has been since its mm-hmm. debut. I don't think there's been a bad episode of Collision on... Since it's since it's come on, why why do you the think the second that? episode wasn't great? Right, there was some, there was some that just didn't hold together as well, start to finish, and didn't have all the action. And you know, you there is a really I really liked the thing where it's like CM Punk or you know where there's these random tag matches for the main event, right? Mm-hmm. Or there'll be Punk and FTR versus whoever. I love that that rubric, but if it doesn't feel super vital, it can feel super throwaway. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if it doesn't feel like you, you got to you got to work for it. So, so there have been some less than ideal ones. But I think overall, it's been amazing. Uh, Fightful reported um, just yesterday, today, that uh, that there was a you know talent meeting backstage where CM Punk was, was let that CM Punk led specifically to talk about the things they can do to differentiate themselves mm-hmm. from Dynamite, which, you know, isn't too shocking or whatever. But, you know, they got. A production team over there, uh, friend of the show, Chris Hero, is over there producing full time now. Hey, I think. And, um, shout out Chris Hero, love that and guy. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's. It's just a. It it's a, just a it's a it's a, it's dynamite a different show. show. <laughs> it just feels it just feels it has a different feel to it. It feels like there's a lot more urgency to the matches. Like they don't. I mean, even if they are a little bit more thrown together, I think a little bit of the commentary team kind of helps bridge that gap for people who may be like why are these people fighting you know what i mean and mm-hmm. not nothing against shivani and excalibur and taz but i feel like ian and kevin kelly just have just such a it's a different feel it's a different feel it's a, it's a, it it's a straight it's a straight upness to it that is easy yes. to digest on a saturday night or it well, doesn't feel like I announcers watch. always take i mean we always give announcers all the shit uh because they're such a big part of the show but, but they speaking never get sh- props when speaking they of shivani well. We yeah. got to move off this thing, but that uh, love Miro. So excited to see him. I, uh, he's going to feud with Hobbs or what the deal is now. But I, that was the weirdest slow motion chair assault backstage that I've ever seen in my life. It looked like they accidentally aired the walkthrough. I'm not. A, that was a very. Anyway, I'm not going to harp on it. Um, NXT Great American Bash happened this weekend. Yes, it did. Now, t- I mean, if if anything was going to beat the hard hitting nature of Collision. Uh, you wouldn't have thought it would necessarily be Great American Bash, but man, it was 
bonkers. There was so, like, I wasn't expecting anything out of this. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that. I mean, there, there's always expectations for a big, big NXT card. There was, a, you know, the, the Tony D'Angelo and Dax are your new tag team champions, which is amazing. Um, but talking about hard hitting, Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport beat the living shit out of each other. Mm. I mean, just nutso looking weapon spots and, and the finish with the Pop Rocks uh, into the pile of chairs. It looked like the most like unprotected pile of chairs bump you could <laughs> possibly take. I mean, it was wild, man. That was a lot of fun. Um, the uh, Dom retained needing all the help he could possibly get, which is just perfect. I'm glad they're not doing the Dom going over as like a super duper wrestler in NXT. Um, Tiffany Stratton retained. That was a really good match. The main event, Carmelo versus Dragunov, was just incredible. I mean, both those guys can go. Neither of those guys ever, ever fail to show up on big stage or just in general. But their chemistry, I think, was a little bit of a question mark. You know, we don't really know. We've obviously not seen these guys together. I mean, they have very different styles. But they just beat the crap out of each other. I mean, it was a sprint, but it was like a, you know, a 10-mile sprint. There were times where you could see, you could see Mello, like, be exhausted. But his body yeah. could still do everything. It was like, it's like... You know, he was like still going, but like his arms were a little bit slack, you know, like whatever. Like he like they, they were both of these guys were worn out to hell. And it was so much fun to watch. There were so many big spots. I clicked on a highlight package this morning that somebody put together online just to relive it. And it was like 10 minutes long. You know, I <laughs> think the highlight package of just like move to move. Like here's the whole match again. <laughs> <laughs> there was so much cool stuff. The cool, I mean, and really cool is how, you know, I mean, how many of those highlights were the belly to back suplexes, you know? And just, cause I mean, the thing about Dragunov is that he can make anything look great, right? You make the, make a flying forearm look like the scariest move in wrestling. He can make a suplex look like with just by going on his tiptoes with the really arched back makes it look so cool. I mean, he's just so great, man. And um, they had a cool spot towards the end where like they did a, where he was going to go for the, the top, the superplex and mellow reversed it into a top rope cutter. Yeah. That was um, fire. And then hit that top rope leg drop for the win. Um, where Dragonov was like fully standing up, you know, like it wasn't just the bent over at the waist thing. I mean, it was crazy. Mello's gonna hurt himself. Get, a, get I mean, Mello's gonna. I mean, he, I trust him, but that jumping off the top rope onto your butt five <laughs> times a week is maybe not the best way to prolong your career. I, I uh, don't but it looks so. so good, man. Um, that match was incredible. I came out appreciating both those guys so much more. I mean, I'd, I'd say one mellow for just keeping up. Sorry, sorry, you know. I mean, just for looking like an equal in a non-kayfabe sense to Dragonoff, and for Dragonoff looking like an equal to mellow in a kayfabe sense. You know, like they, they, he, they look like. I mean, this is a match. I, don't, I mean, dude, of all of these NXT feuds that you're like, man, this feud could go on forever. This could be a thing. I mean, I would watch. I, I would be so excited. If I could look into a crystal ball and say, we're going to have Melo versus Dragon off at WrestleMania next year or the year after that or the, you know, whatever. Like it, these two have, they had, they had shockingly good chemistry. And part of what made it so good was that it was, it didn't quite mesh. They, it wasn't perfect synchronicity. The rawness of it was really good. I, I just loved it. Loved there's, it. That, there's, there's a bunch of 
spots in pro wrestling that are becoming like the best spots to have, like the most comfortable spots to have. Mm-hmm. There's like the Royal Wumber winner, the Money in the Bank winner, the opening match at WrestleMania, like the 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 first entrant in the Royal Rumble. I think we got to start making a list of these things because the standout NXT main event loser <laughs> oh. is like the best spot to be in, right? It's like if you're going up against the champion and you have such an incredible match that you lose and people are still talking about you and nobody's like nobody looks worse for the wear afterwards, everyone's always everyone immediately just starts booking you for the main roster. That's it. That's it. It's, it's the main roster call up. It is. It is, it, yeah. it is the. It is the absolute. It is the audition tape mm-hmm. for SmackDown and Raw. When you are the main event at an NST main event show for the championship and you don't win, because mm-hmm. everybody immediately is like, as soon as I went on my timeline, everybody was like, Dragonoff versus like, could you imagine Dragonoff just terrorizing Austin Theory for the United States title? Could you imagine yes. Dragonoff just walking up on, you know, right after the uh, McIntyre Gunther match, and Dragonoff walks up to Gunther, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is the guy who beat him." Like yep. now, he's at the point where if he would have brought in Gunther or Dragonoff to the main roster before any of this, it may not mean as much. But now that Gunther has turned into who he is. And Dragunov is just continuing to having standout main event matches um, on the card. The moment he steps up there, you have already ready built storylines for this guy, mm-hmm. and, and and that's why, dude. This is that- the point right now where he, if he, I mean, you talk about Austin Theory. Yeah, I know they're building up to this SummerSlam match, and we got to talk about. that, Oh, too. it's not on SummerSlam. It's on. It's gonna oh be no, on it's SmackDown. on. You're right. Yeah. But I, but I, I mean, they're building. They're they're in the mid. They we've just had this tournament, but okay. they. But man, if Dragunov showed up on Friday and just beat Austin Theory clean and took the belt, and we just and sent Austin Theory back to NXT, like mm-hmm. no, I don't think anybody would be upset, right? No. It would just reinvigorate the whole thing. Austin Theory, love the dude. They've not done him any great service by like, keeping him off TV. I'm not, a, I'm not really sure what the Austin Theory sitting in the skybox eating popcorn really does <laughs> for him as a performer or as a, or as a character. But regardless. Um, <laughs> Well, let's just sidestep right into that. SmackDown, we had Santos Escobar versus Rey Mysterio in the finals of this tournament. Escobar's already beaten Austin Theory in a non-title match. And then uh, this one ended up in a... Well, I guess... Also, did Santos Escobar technically get the win? Yeah, they 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 awarded Escobar the, the win. Because after. Rey got his, quote-unquote, got his bell rung during the match. But it looked like he got legitimately concussed. If you go back and watch, you know, the Zapruder film... <laughs> it looks like that he got he that that he took a flying punch too hard. Either the punch or the bump he took. So I think it was I think it was the uh, uh, the tope. He took a tope from Santos, and then he fell back and hit the back of his head. Uh, it was kind of like a whiplash that that looked well, like. Well, I know, but it looked like the the flying punches were earlier. There, there were conversations going on mm-hmm. between the ref and the two wrestlers way earlier in the match than most people pointed out. Some like oh. slow. So like it, it seemed like there was something going on. Ray kept trying to go and was just sort of shaking his head. You never want to see that. Um, especially someone, a legend like Ray, where this could be, you know, this could be career threatening, you know, if there's a serious concussion or something. But um, oh, I mean, only mostly because of timeline reasons, but uh, a little bit scary to go back and watch regardless. And um Hopefully, you know, they appropriately took care of him. 
uh, Escobar was supposed to go over clean, and I think that that was probably part of Ray's motivation to make this look like a you know an earned win. Make him look good, yeah, yeah. But regardless, we're going to get Escobar versus Austin Theory next week, right? Uh, I think it's going to be the SmackDown after SummerSlam. Oh, okay. Well, that's wild. <laughs> um, it's strange. I also kind of thought we were going to get more drama in this match, and maybe that's part of what got X'd out. But you know. Like you put Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar in the ring, you got to start winking at some sort of dissension, right? I mean, or, I don't know. What do you think right now? Do you think if you're if you if you were a fly on a wall during a WWE production meeting, are they talking about Escobar as the next Rey Mysterio or as the next the next um, opponent for Rey Mysterio? I know there's a big um, gap between those two things, but do you think they see his immediate future as a heel or a babyface? I still think they see him as a babyface. I, really? I think they, yeah, I, I feel like they've done so much. You don't want to turn Rey Mysterio into Sting, where everybody just is friends with him until they turn on him, right? Mm-hmm. And I think they did a lot of that with Dom, and the story went super long, and I think they're still there. Like it can't just be, in my opinion, anyway. It can't just be all these guys that just completely disrespect Rey Mysterio. There has to be at least one person that really, truly thinks he's the Michael Jordan of this. But that's what—that's pro wrestling. You always, you always kill your idols, right? Yeah. It's like the respect is what leads you to go nuts and be like, "But if I can just take out the guy that I think is the best ever, then I'm that guy." All right. Well. All right. So how about this, man? Y'all saw the crowd in Puerto Rico. Where's gonna? Where's your baby face Latinos the next time we go to Puerto Rico besides Bad Bunny? Because you know they got to go back. Oh, what now. wrestlers? Yeah, like who's the baby face? Who's the baby face Latinos in in that that are gonna go and help carry that car next time they go back over Dom? there? Dom. <laughs> <laughs> he might be by then. He might be. You never know. Um, nah, man. I think. Um, no, it's gosh, a good question. I almost I'm... feel like. Almost feel like uh, Santos is. Uh, gosh, this is just a lazy comparison, so call me out on it. It's almost like they're Andrade a little bit, right? Like, at some point, you know, when Andrade was in WWE, I, I think everybody was like, this is the guy everybody thought. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what's, what's the guy's name with the announcer? Um, uh, was it Armando? Oh, what? Who? He had the announcer. You know, gosh, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Alberto Del Rio. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, I think Armando. It's, yeah, okay. I'm yes. sorry. Yeah, no, I just feel no, there's there's a lot of, in my opinion, it seems like there's a lot of marketing money behind a huge Latino star. Oh, WWE has sure. been trying to get that for a long time because Rey Mysterio can't do this forever, as we've seen, obviously. And, you know, uh, they tried that to make... That doesn't have to be a baby face. I mean, he could, you can still be heel and just be a baby face when, when you're in, you know, well, they a got Latin Dom. American country. They got Dom. Dom got that, that 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 position is sewed up for the next two, three years. And they're going to need somebody to, to go up against them the next time they do whatever in Puerto Rico and their main eventing. There's no, there's no way they go back to Puerto Rico at this point And Dom isn't in some sort of main event there involving somebody. I was just talking about, you know, Santos and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I kind of just feel like he's such a natural heel. He worked so well as a heel. He did. He did. Um, but we'll see. Talking about getting over. The oh, LWO just... shirts sell a lot though. So that's yeah, probably well, that's a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the LWO could be a heel group. It, it wasn't really be. a babyface group to begin with, but I, I don't know if that would... If you do you buy a heel shirt for your kid? Yeah, you do. You're a wrestling <laughs> fan. Come on. Um, talking about getting over. If you backtrack a second, we didn't mention the Gable Stevenson match. Ooh. Um, Ooh. 
I'll give him this. He got Baron Corbin cheered and chanted for. <laughs> Is Gable Stevenson already the new suffering succotash Roman Reigns? Rapping John Cena? Are we just, is it, is it just, is it nothing but his pedigree that wrestling fans see him and they're just like, like, I prefer not to? Yep. It's going to happen. So it's going to happen though, man. Like, the best thing you could have in pro wrestling is a reaction, right? And wow. in my opinion, whether it's good, bad, oh, yeah. yeah, good or bad, if they are voice, if they are forcefully letting their voice heard how they think about you, mm -hmm. you got something. Yeah. You know? And maybe it wasn't... And, it, it, God, people forget, man, like... And I know the Kurt Angle comparisons are going to be beat to death when it comes to Cable Stevenson. But it's almost the same exact thing. They, tr they, they treated Kurt Angle when he was coming into all these video promos and real world champion, and he was happy-go-lucky, you know, suffering succotash, all that type of stuff. And they booed him to the high heavens forever until, you know, to this day, you suck is become a term of endearment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because after a while, you couldn't deny just how nuts this dude was in the ring. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is Gable Stevenson's first match. Yeah. Match number one. You know what I mean? Um, I don't now, think any, I don't think the previous appearances helped him any. In terms of the fan reaction, to be trotted out there like, hey, look, here's the next big thing. Hey, look, who's a draft pick, even though he's never been on TV before. Here's a, you know what? I mean, that all that hype yeah. is exactly what fans instinctively, you know, root against. Yeah. Um, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, though. Like, I, I don't think that's a terrible thing. Like, the, the, they have to feel something mm -hmm. about the dude. And, and I guess... If you know they're gonna they're gonna start putting the stories together about him, he already decided he's gonna be on NXT, so we'll probably see him a lot more often. Uh, the Baron Corbett thing's probably gonna continue just a little bit longer. But in my opinion, it, it, it's not the worst thing because when it comes to that sort of reaction, you could always use the fact that he was a number one draft pick and wasn't on Raw, and he was uh, standing True. at WrestleMania and never really showed up. And then, like, you could use all of these things. You can definitely. I would just suggest that maybe the fans go easy on him until it's actually too late to decide to go back to the Olympic training facility. <laughs> right. Because then, reevaluate his life choices. Wait, wait until. Wait until he's already under contract working on the main roster, and then we'll start booing him, okay? I mean, I know he's under contract now, but you take my point. Yeah. Um, but it was a good first showing for him. You know, when he first popped up a couple weeks ago, or a month ago, whenever that was, he looked like a whole new man. Um, and and uh, th my expectations were probably irrationally high. But he but he looked good, you know? Uh, man, I... I think it's a. I, I know people are going to be online saying, "Oh my God, they've already turned on him. This is going to be terrible." It's like, listen, he is legitimately the best wrestler on on the planet, like legitimately, and Olympic style wrestler, Olympic style, sorry, Greco Roman <laughs> collegiate <laughs> whatever wrestler. Yes, as far as Greco Roman style wrestling, he is the best in the world at that, legitimately, and he should get I a shirt. They should just make the shirt for him that just says best in the world and then asterisk. It's like Olympic <laughs> division. That'd be fire. I'd, 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 I'd see that. I could see that happen. Um, but I think it's going to be all to his benefit. You know, now I think there's obviously, uh, you know, there's been other stuff that's kind of lingered around him 
that, you know, folks are just not going to cheer for him regardless because of stuff uh, about his past, which is completely fair. But at the same time, I think the more that he gets these reactions, the more I think he's going to get sort of this mainstream attention where it's like Gable Stevenson, Olympic gold medalist, uh, one of the greatest college wrestlers of, uh, of the last decade or whatever, also one of the most hated people in wrestling. And you could use that type of stuff, man. Like, and yeah. honestly, in my opinion, would it hurt him if he was a heel? Would it hurt him if he embraced the fact that the fans hate him? Have they ever would done it? Have they ever done a t-shirt? And we always say this is time for t-shirt talk on the <laughs> show. Have they ever they've they ever done a t-shirt that's just like a black shirt, but with just the gold with the gold medal hanging around your neck? Oh no, I can't say that I have. I don't think they have. That would be that would be pretty great, right? Just like no, like the he can put his name on the back, (laughs) but the front is just like you wearing the gold medal. I'm sure they'd have to get that cleared with uh, you know, (laughs) the IOC or whatever committee or something. Unless they just go with the the janky uh fake medals that Kurt used to wear with like the red and yep, right and blue. Oh, that's right. They got to get approval. They can just do like a clip art medal or something like that. Like Kurt rocked the real medals like three times on on WWE television. They're like, yeah, no, nah, we're not going to do this. No well, more. the medals don't really work on TV because yeah. they're small, like relatively speaking, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you should probably get some like you know just shoot. I mean, some some working medals anyway, you know, <laughs> that are like the size of one like a giant chocolate chip cookie. Of course. <laughs> um, no, I think you're right. I mean, I think they can find a way to use it. Uh, but this was much more of a. Let's see what you got first match than I was expecting. Obviously, Baron Corbin is a sort of ideal opponent to sort of see what you got, especially for a big guy. Um, having to throw another big guy around. But, you know, he's out there in the like, the like, you know, generic wrestling attire, like the jobber attire from a video mm-hmm. game. And, and yeah, whatever. This is the beginning. We'll obviously be talking about this guy for a long time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. WrestleMania. Next year, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Will Gable Stevenson be on the card? No. He will not be on the card. He will be the main event of NXT Stand and Deliver, though. Okay. Wherever that's at. If it's in the... Do they still call it the First Union Center? The Wells Fargo? Is it Wells, Wells Fargo? Fargo? Yeah. Yeah. Wells Fargo. I, I aged myself at First Union Center. Um, yeah, no. He will be the main event at, at the, in the Wells Fargo Center when he becomes the NXT champion at Stand and Deliver. All right, heel Gable Stevens, Gable Stevenson versus Dom Mysterio versus Austin Theory in a who gets booed the loudest match. <laughs> oh man, I would love to see that. By the way, I would love to see that. Get it all if it was a if they still did Survivor Series the way that they do it, and it yeah. was like. NXT champ, North American champion Don Mysterio versus U.S. champion Austin Theory, and then somehow, oh yeah, maybe maybe Gabe Stevenson Stevenson is the one who who beats Gunther. Maybe, I mean, Ooh. I could see it. That would that would people would be pissed. people are booing this podcast right now. People don't would be either, pissed. Don't, don't. <laughs> they would be pissed. Yes, but I could see it. Do you see, see that, that quote from Gunther last week, the week before, about how like Roman Reigns was not a dream opponent? Gunther's one of these dudes who's just too real. He's just too honest. He wasn't trying. It wasn't like a knock. It was just like, well, you know, like uh, I wrestle a certain way. Roman doesn't really wrestle the same way. So like, why would that be a dream opponent? It's like mixing two ingredients that don't go together. It was like, well, just say yes. He's fucking Roman Reigns. He's, uh, he represents <laughs> a world title match. I'm sure you make it work. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah, yeah, no, nah, he's 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 wrestling Jokic, bro. He's Nikola Jokic in the wrestling in the in the wrestling in the wrestling ring. Well, so. well, Jokic could play with anybody. Gunther apparently thinks he can't, so he's he's downgrading himself. Yeah, but um, he'll keep it a buck though. <laughs> he'll keep it a buck true. like Jokic does. He definitely will. Mm. Uh, anything else from SmackDown you want to talk about? Jey Uso uh, beat Grayson Waller. Cut a good promo. Golly, great Grayson Waller got absolutely man. waylaid by Solo and Roman Reigns. Uh, What's going on with with Grace and the Waller? Like, I feel well, like he's he he's, gets... he he fits in the category we were talking about, but he like really earns the the booze. But like mm-hmm. he's he's super useful. He can just go get, you know, he can go out there and get all the heat a top level guy can get, and then but it doesn't really matter if he loses. He's just he's useful right now. Now, can we? In the past month, he's been in the ring with John Cena, Edge. Uh, he's. Went back and forth with The Rock on social mm-hmm. media. Um, main event, Jey Uso. Um, Bianca, Charlotte. Literally every top star has had a, a run-in with Grayson Waller in the past month. And Grayson Waller's looking really good in each one of those instances. Is there a world where Grayson Waller has The Rock show up on the Grayson Waller effects? <laughs> and you have... Because uh, listen, he did the people's elbow or some 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 variant of it on SmackDown. They keep mentioning that you know he's had run-ins with The Rock on social media, and Grayson Waller keeps mentioning that this guy is talking smack about me. Meanwhile, his family's falling apart. Like if Rock and Roman is 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 even being getting mentioned or is even in the final phases of actually coming together. Is there a world where Grayson Waller <laughs> is the catalyst for that eventual Roman Rock match that then. we've been waiting for four years? And that I've never seen a guy and, and credit to him. He's he's looked good in every single one of these huge spots he's been in. Uh, I'd say it would be probably one of the fastest come ups, non non Brock Lesnar huge fast come ups that I've ever seen in a in a in a wrestler's rookie year. True. Like it would his come I don't up think is... he, I don't think I don't think I think he just plays the peripheral, right? I mean, I think that I think that Rock coming back would be too big for it to not be really specific. We've talked about this before. Rock cannot come back and do anything except interfere yeah. in a Roman Reigns match. There's nothing else available to him. I don't know. You know. I think there's a I think there's a world where this man shows up as a guest on the Grayson Waller effect or something. And he talks a smack well, about it could Grayson be like Waller at WrestleMania, like an uh, like a surprise guest on the on the Grayson Waller effect at WrestleMania, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something like that. that. And then you know Grayson Waller gets his moment and whatever. But immediately everybody starts asking the question about what happens next. You know, like what what is the Rock here for? He's got to be here for yeah. if the Rock if the Rock is on a show and doesn't lay hands on Roman Reigns, people are just going to go nuts. Of course, that's when people yeah, start no, turning no, off the TV. They got to They got to They got to tie that. Tie that loose end up somehow, some way. Um, anyway, we got to get out of here. Sorry for the briefest show today. We've all got very important things to do with our days. What is there anything we're forgetting, Brian? Did we leave anything out? Shout out to the folks at Jobber Slam this week. Battle Club Pro looked fantastic on the socials. Shout out to all the young black wrestling podcast community that was out there, all the young black independent wrestlers. Um, I see my, my guy uh, B Waters and everybody was out there. Uh, my guy Sir Wilkins was in a match. Uh, Darius Carter. 
a bunch of incredible young talents over there so, and 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 doing doing it uh, for the love of the game, man. And I love mm-hmm. seeing that that thing grow every single year. So I know we don't show a ton of love to the indies like we used to, but shout out to Jobber Slam 3 that took place in New York City and Battle Club Pro. Everybody that put, took place putting that together. Looked like an awesome, awesome event. Shout out uh, also for my uh, talk to my love of the game. I'm doing an extra podcast now. <laughs> I'm recapping heels every week, every Friday, right when the show drops me and Ben Lindbergh and an assortment of fun guests. We got That's some right. coming up. Uh, are going to be talking about heels season two, every episode. Season one, I mean, episode, season two, episode one just dropped on Friday. So that was the premiere one. We catch up, catch you up on the first season of the show too. If you want to check that out, we'll be back on Friday with another one. Please listen. I love this show. Brian Waters is over here watching ahead. I'm watching it episode by episode. Brian Waters got the screeners and he's just like, did you see the finale? I'm like, don't stop talking. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> Hey, um, but it's good, right, Brian? Oh yeah, definitely. It's an incredible show. I can't stop ranting and raving about it. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, like y'all said in the podcast, you know, it's a good Trump. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's good. It's good. You can watch it with your wife, your parents, your loved ones, whoever they may be. Get them, get them hooked. Mm. Um. Anyway, that's it, Cass. You want to get your plugs in? Um. Not much to plug this week, except uh, you know. Catch us here on the Ring of Wrestling show. Catch me on Ultimate SummerSlam uh, this upcoming Saturday morning, right before SummerSlam on Peacock. I uh, don't know who our special guest is, but fans of the show, you'll know what to do. Tune in. It'll be on all social platforms. Count it. Points Bet USA, Monday, Wednesday, as always. And uh, that's about it, guys. Hope to see y'all around. You can find me here. You can find me on the press box. You can find me on the heels recap shows we're doing on friday but that's here too be sure to listen to all the great shows on the ring of wrestling show feed this one wednesday worldwide cheapy all the good stuff we're putting up um thank you guys so much for listening apologies as always to john moxley we'll see you back here on thursday humanoids Peace.